And I was still talking as I unmuted. Hi, everybody. My name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And we have a very exciting episode for you today. Spoiler heavy. Spoilers. Literally all spoilers. All of the spoilers will be discussed. Because we're doing our full, thorough review of the legacy of Yang Chen. Uh, very full, very thorough. We're going to split it up into two episodes. And that's provided that we don't fall asleep while we are recording. <laughs> So, uh, listen, we're, we're old and we get sleepy sometimes, but, uh, Chris, before we ju- jump into our review, how are you? How have you been? I am fine. Yeah, fine. Nothing, nothing too great to boast about. Nothing too, uh, bad to complain about. So, you know, that's pretty good. This is oh, stupid. annoying thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Excited? I, I, not really. I'm lying to myself. I'm not a very honest person. Don't know why, but I'm just not as excited today to talk about this book that I really did love. Um, probably because it took me forever just to write the simple outline of it. But we are going to get into it. Going to do a full recap and review in the order of the book itself, so we won't be like forward spoiling things. We'll go in the order. But all in all, Sean, I'm decent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh... I am looking forward to it. I'm I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. We've had a very adulty week, and I just know that tomorrow I'm going to be like wiped out. But I can. We have nothing going on in the evening tomorrow, so I've resigned to just go to bed at like 7 p.m. Just early bird special after work meal and just bed at seven. Get caught up. And That's uh, weird. yeah. So Chris, thanks for doing all of the outlining. Really appreciate it. And for yes, for you listeners that the the, the the order is important, right? We're going one chapter at a time, kind of, sort of. So if you don't want spoilers and you do want to listen along, that you can stop wherever it is that you need to stop. Chris, anything else you want to say before we get started? Um, some of our recaps of chapters, some chapters might go quick, some chapters might go a little long, because some chapters are just like, all right, why, do, why is this even its own chapter? And some of them are like, why didn't you split this up into different chapters? Um, so, here with that. Agreed. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Hey, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to talk about. I can't wait to talk about for some reason the uh, the issue we the biggest issue I think we had with the book one of those time jumps. That's. I mean, there's the we thought of like three instances, but there's one that is a chapter, and I'm sure that will be our favorite. But. Um, yeah. I think I think we'll probably get to that one this week. Yeah, we're going to split this into two episodes. I think that one falls in this week's territory. I might be mistaken. Uh yes, it should. Um yes. anyway, yeah, let's get let's get started. We got plenty of plenty of ground to cover. Make sure we're both talking, we both got volume, great, cool. Awesome. Volume, volume. All right. Yeah, let's do this. Chapter one. Oh, we're, <laughs> I had a weird thought today. Because it has nothing to do with chapter one. It has to do with Avatar, though. <laughs> like, I, I have this book in my hand as if it's, like... I feel like I'm sitting down for, like, a, you know, a, a Bible study. And then I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they're, like, Jehovah Witnesses in Avatar. Or Mormons or other people. Because I think they also do the whole knock-on-door thing. Um, <laughs> like, like, after Yang Chen's time, where people are like, Would you like to hear about the 
<laughs> would you like to hear about our Messiah Yangchen, our Messiah and Saber Yangchen, and her great doings? Has to be. Those people have to exist. Yeah. Like this is the one true avatar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good side. We'll or, work those into our our Zito, our Avatar Zito uh, superhero by night story. We'll work in the. Yeah. Would you like to hear about our savior, Gimli, <laughs> or whatever the Earthbender Gimli is? What they haven't confirmed who what that person. They have confirmed that there was an Avatar named Gimli, and of course they've we've seen pictures of other Avatars. But they haven't necessarily confirmed that Gimli is that. Uh, wait, Gimli? Gimli no, there's no Avatar. No, Gimli is the one that the, fans the dwarf from yeah, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay, there's an Avatar named Salai that people just assume is the Earth one that people call Gimli, but that's never been like fully confirmed that Salai was the Earth Avatar before Zeta. We'll, we'll work the uh, we'll work the door to door approach uh, into our into our comic book about Avatar Zito. <laughs> Have you heard about the great doings of Avatar Yang Chen? Avatar Salai of Avatar Gimli. Only his friends call him Gimli. Alright. Chapter one. I really enjoy this chapter. This chapter is chap- chapter one depths. So in this chapter, I'm gonna read my quick little synopsis here. <laughs> it's Chasey's backstory. She came from a small island, gathering pearls, people burnt down, and also she just had a baby. Uh, but I really enjoyed this chapter, like getting the backstory of of Chasey, and I'm just going to call her that. And sorry, if that's not how you pronounce it, but that's just the way I'm going to pronounce it. Um, like getting the sense of like her as a young girl, like growing up with like a honest job, and then having that all taken away from them violently is. Uh, and and that sh- completely shapes her character. I was like, oh, okay, I get her now. Like, I get why she wants control because control has been taken from her. Like, things in the world was a freaking lie that you could, you know, live an honest life and things like that. You, you got to play by your own rules. I I thought it was a really nice way to. You you kind of get the sense in the last book that that. See, you call her JC. I call her Chasey. So, sorry, audience. You're just gonna have to pick a winner. Oh god. Um, but you, you call it Chasey. Okay, let's. I'll, we'll go with your pronunciation, Chasey. Although that's JC stuck in my head. But Chasey. I just. Chai I, I think Chai T. Like Chai T. Chasey. Yeah. Yeah. It's a ridiculous well, notion, sense. but um, what's chai the tea. other one that I always hate? It's like May. The way that May is spelled yeah. versus my or something like that. But anyway. Um, I thought it was a really nice way to hook us to the villain, and we had a pretty good sense from the end of the last book that she might be the villain in this book. Uh, but this this mm-hmm. created a better attachment to this villain in an engaging way than we ever got in the last book. So yeah, I was instantly uh, intrigued by what Chapter 1 had to say, even if it's not hugely, hugely story impactful. It's a really nice opener. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not that much else to add to, but it's a very to add to that chapter. But it's a very, very important chapter. Like you could probably read, you could probably skip over this chapter, and the story would still play out fine. Um, but knowing her background informs the character so much. 
and and you would uh, and there's it it sets up one specific little fun. Uh, fun oh thing. yeah, that's right. It sets up like one specific little plot twist kind of moment, not plot twist. Yeah. But almost like an Easter egg or a confirmation. Yeah. Almost Easter eggs a good. Yeah, that's true. Word for it. Yeah, don't skip this chapter. That'd be outrageous. Who skips chapter one? Well, of yeah. <laughs> That would be. I'm... <laughs> How did Harry Potter come to be? Well, uh, <laughs> chapter two is called Adoration. Yeah, Adoration. Yang. So we just got Chassie's backstory. This is a little bit of backstory about Yang Chen. Yang Chen's backstory about killing her sister, Jet Soon. Uh, Yang Chen. And also, it's about Yang Chen running things as a Zong do of Ben Ur. But also under investigation from the Earth King. Uh, so the first part there, Yang Chen accidentally killing her sister. They're playing just, and we talked about this last week. They're playing just like some simple game of takeaway or keep away. And Yang Chen is like, "I'm gonna play takeaway, take away your soul." That's from exactly the body. how she said it too. This. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fun little joke um, airbender kids like to play on each other. Yeah. Uh-oh, got your soul. You know how. Like, I put my got, taller, like, got, got, your, your, nose. got your nose. I'm like, oh, I got your nose, and I eat it. Yang Chen's like, got your soul. I throw it away. And I devour it. Fog and lost soul. Trap it in the shadow realm forever. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I had a little bit of a hard time in this chapter. I had a little bit of a hard time visualizing... How how that went down, how the soul snatching went down. I don't know why I just had a little trouble visualizing it in my head. Also, this is another thing that like we should have just known this in the last book. There's there's no good reason narratively mm. for him to keep this from us for mm. the entire book. Maybe and, he didn't know how to kill. Maybe he didn't know how to stain Yang Chen's hands with his death at that point in time. But I think you're right. If he if he knew that, why would why wouldn't this have been in there? I mean one thing I think of is that they do such a a weird uh, good job I say they uh, the author was only like one person working on this book. He does such a good job of of painting this dynamic between Yang Chen and Chasey as almost this perverted sisterhood. <laughs> and and you needed a little bit more backstory with uh Jetsun. Or you needed you just needed to be reminded of who Jetsun was to Yang Chen um and uh to to really show the dichot the dichotomy between those two. Um also probably helps that it leads into Yang into several things in the next chapters. Um, so maybe that's why it was more so introduced here. Fair enough. Just one of those struck me as one of those weird, like, storytelling never, timing things. I'm not even sure if they ever, if they hinted that much into it that, like, she was responsible. I feel like they did. They did. Hint. Yeah. They, you, okay. you are let to know that, that, Yang Chin feels directly responsible. Yeah, but that could be like so vague. It could like, be, oh, it could like, be an accident or uh, or like this is like me feeling. This is like a child. 
I didn't do something that I should have done, right? That's yeah, like, no, I didn't do enough call, to but... save them from an accident, or I didn't do enough to, I didn't stop someone from killing them, or yeah. whatever. This is like, no, I I am like actively the person responsible, only person responsible for this person's death. Hmm? Yeah, that's a, um... not, not my favorite thing, but I, I get it. And then yeah. the the second part of this chapter is is the sort of uh, fibbing and fabricating her story to the Earth King um, about what really went down in already forgot mm-hmm. the name of the town. Um, I want to say Benner. Benner, thank you. Yeah, it was because because uh, Henshi the. The uh, Zongdu of Ben Ur, the former Zongdu who has gone missing. Uh, I mean, but we know <laughs> from the last chapter yeah. that Yang Chen has him uh, locked up in the Northern Air Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she has to keep up this like lie with the Earth King. This it's kind of a weird. Earth King needs to get a hold of himself for one thing. The guy's going crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, more on that later. <laughs> Um, yeah, she has to keep up this lie. And it's almost a lie, like, okay. Like, Yang Chen does these dances with people. I'm like, alright, we gotta keep doing, we gotta keep doing this dog and pony show. Uh, wherever that saying came from. I've never seen a dog and a pony show. It's a dog time, show and a pony show. At the same time? That's ridiculous. like being a horse oh. to watch your dog. Yeah. What was I doing? People needed their dogs babysit, so they had a bunch of horses around? That's gotta be it. That's, there we go. I wonder if that spawned one, John Mulaney's whole <laughs> joke was the dog and chip. One, <laughs> one John Mulaney joke, and we can never bring up Paramore again. <laughs> we flipped the switch, we've got <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a deep cut. That, that, was, was, not, that, yeah. was, that was not his best work. I still enjoy it, don't get me uh, wrong, but it's not his best stuff. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so Yang Jin, has to continue to just oh yeah then there's some inspector who watches over her called Inspector Goo, probably not spam pronounced like that. Um, <laughs> Inspector Goo. It is now. Um, yeah, but uh, he's kind of just like watching her, almost like an auditor in my head. He's like an auditor, mm-hmm. and auditors kind of get on my nerves. Cause, I mean, they don't got that's exactly what he was to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, is this the chapter that, no, there's something else, okay. Chapter three um, is called Among Friends. And my camera turned off, or my phone turned off. Oh, wait, 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 there's something that I want to talk about in, in chapter, uh, that as she's running, there's some, uh, let me say, like, Yang Chen is a boss. Like very much a, a boss lady in this, um, so she's running uh, Ben Hur, and like she has a meeting with other officials there, and they're like, "Oh, we have these issues. Like we don't have enough money for like, like the city is growing. Like you're doing really good job. <laughs> the city is growing too much. Like we're, we don't have enough water. We need to like make eight more wells or something like that. And but we don't have the money for it. And she's just like." You you sure you don't have the money for it? 
Like she tells one guy, like, just give me your hat. And he's like, oh, what? And then she's like, give me your hat. Give me the and then she goes on to say, hat in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he seems confused. She goes, Master Tien, come up here, take off your hat, and give it to me. Like, she is. I won't say she's like a mob boss, but people fear her. Fear her, I think, as much as they fear like a well, mob boss. Like, it's one of those like since she's lying weird threats. She kind of is a boss of organized crime, you know. Yeah, it's organized crime. Yeah. She, is not doing crime. Okay, let's not put that in the government's she's eyes. Not, she's doing. She's not crime. Kiyoshi. In the she, she has a lot. It's not like she's. She's not like laundering money or stealing from people. I don't know. Well, Earth King, he can. Um, well, that's the government, man. In this is nutshell. this is like organized charity, <laughs> or organized because that's uh, whatever. But you give um, me money, on... I protect you <laughs> in the hat now. And then he's confused by it. He goes, I meant no disrespect by covering my head in your presence. And she goes, shh. Like, I imagine. <laughs> it, this this reminds me of the Bane, like, do you feel in charge type of deal. Just a shh. <laughs> and then she tells other people, she's like, mistress, remove your earrings. Give them to me now. She pretty much takes a value from everyone. And then she puts in her own, uh, her own staff. And then she says, we will auction these things off. And uh, we'll use those funds to to pretty much pay for anything that we need here. Uh, just a, another a, a show of her generosity and also her strong handing, her strong strong arming people. Uh, yeah. So now, chapter three, among friends. I gotta say, this is where I had a little bit of a downturn and got a little bored. <laughs> this is the first chapter, so she's with Chief. I'm gonna struggle with this name, Chief Oyaluk. 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 That's that's gonna haunt me for a while. And and basically, she's trying to uh, convince Chief to open open trade, and so we can ditch this whole platinum affair nonsense. Yeah. which uh, she suspects was started by the White Lotus in the first place in kind of classical White Lotus fashion. And it just, it it gets, uh, you know, it's political and secrety and, well, hey, they got, you know, they got troops marching now and the Earth King is suspicious and it's just very political. And I, I got to be honest, this there this is the start of a few chapters that, mm. I, that I had a tough time getting through until we got to some more interesting stuff. Yeah, I feel like this is like, there's the only interesting thing here that I, that I liked. I got to clear this. I'm now looking at this. Um, is some of the small little nuances there. But in general, all you got to know for this chapter is Yang Chen is trying to get Chief Oyalok to open up, but he doesn't want to because there's just tensions and stuff. But there's a couple different small things that I enjoyed. Um, when he talked to her, He's like, I remember when you used to run after my nieces and nephews to the palace. Um, and now you're an avatar as shrewd as any. Like, this is interesting of a person calling 
an Air Nomad, Avatar Shrewd. He said, I was hoping that when you came into your power, you'd be fairer in your attentions, not another Z- not another Zeto. But just interesting, just people framing Zeto as like being very pro Fire Nation. And then she's like, I'm not biased. I don't favor a nation. And he says, I know of your successes in Ben-Ur and how much time you've been spending there. Earth King Fishan is skittish, unstable, and power-hungry. He's not the kind of person who should sit on the throne, and yet you seem dedicated to strengthening his position. You're making him money. Um, uh, how could yeah. she be biased? She's not even an Earth Kingdom person. <laughs> no, I get what he's saying. Uh, I do... I wish she would have redirected more of her efforts toward, like, Earth Kingdom issues on a grander scale, but also, you know, I get it. Yeah. Uh, He did go on to say that Avatar Zeto uh, was, like, they were talking about how the Platinum Affair was terribly done. Like, you tried to, like, usurp the crown. And then, like, Uyalak tried to, like, kind of dismiss it by saying, like, well, Avatar Zeto manipulated the downfall of corrupt officials, and he also promoted people, uh, promoted better replacements. And, like, no, that's two different things. Like, you guys tried to, like, take out a world leader. (laughs) Nope, same thing. Uh, No no HR part to that. It's the same thing. No HR differences. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, oh, and the part that the part of this chapter that interests me most because it it made me mad at the White Lotus is that he's talking about the whole platinum affair, and it's like it wasn't even my idea. Like someone just came to me and thought about it. He was saying that like the folly had been cooked up by nameless men and women with contacts spanning the borders of the four nations. Who would probably never face accountability for being mistaken. And then, like, Yang Chan is like, uh, White Lotus. And that's why it's such a cockamamie idea, just because we don't get to use the word cockamamie on this show enough. Oh, cockamamie. I know. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, that's chapter three. You have anything else to add, chapter three? Nope. Good. I feel like we're moving through these in a good pace. I, I remember a feeling of just like, Ugh. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It was, um... There was a while in here for a couple chapters. So I was just like, oh man, I'm not going to love this as much as I want to love it. Same, yep. There's some doldrums that we're walking into now-ish. Not so much this one. Uh, chapter 4, The Spirit Oasis. Not so much this chapter. Yeah, so Yangchen figures while she's up in the northern air, not the northern water tribe, she might as well take you know a little trip to Spirit Oasis, take a little trip to the spirit world, and um, she got trapped there, like her body and soul and everything, and and she got trapped in the fog of lost souls. And uh, it, I think it tells, I think it tells us at this point that like she is there looking for. Uh, Jet Soon. Yes, sorry. Um, and it's not, not trying to hide that or anything. And so... I I think this... It, when I was reading this chapter, I thought that this was going to be a much more 
like a much bigger part of the overall story than it ended up being like by percentage. Um, but really not so much, right? Like we get through it in this chapter where she's trapped. Does she get saved in this chapter or no? It, no. Not in this one. Okay, that's the next one. Uh, but just from this little chunk of the narrative where I thought it was going to be like a much bigger part of the story overall. Uh, but really it's like it's here and then it's at the end. And that's really it. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. Um, this chapter to me felt pretty... I don't know, it's it's, it's interesting. Because I'm just like, oh, I'm just waiting for something really cool to happen. Because, yeah, she got trapped in spirit world. Um, like, especially in there, where she's like, save me. She clouds her past lives through the outer state, please. And then it's like, now we can go ahead and go to the next chapter. And then chapter five, this, this was one part where I was like kind of pissed off. Uh, one of the two times I think I was pissed off. Because <laughs> we were like in this intense moment in the spirit world and stuff. And then you're just going to cut backwards? Like, yeah. And you're going to title the chapter previously? <laughs> As if there's like a title card previously I'm, on Avatar. Catch up with Kavik. That's so painful to me. That was very, it was very frustrating. <sighs> Anyway, chapter... And thing is, also, I wasn't that big of a fan of Kavik at this... The last book, I didn't really care for Kavik. I just thought he was just, he was fine, but he was more so just a bystander. I know he was more important than that, but whatever. Um, this book, I enjoyed him a whole lot more. But when I started reading this book, I was still in the mindset of, I don't care about Kavik. And so, this threw me off. I was, uh, I was like, uh, let's talk about Kavik. Agree. It was it was a jarring, had a bad commercial break timing vibe to it, and also nah, yeah. uh, it might be in this chapter. I might be getting bleeding into the next one, but you just you at first at least with Kavik, you're like, where's this man's like, where's his spine, where's his independence, and it gets better. And I do like Kavik in this book, but you already get the feel of this person who just like, well, I'm trapped. I guess I'll just go with the flow. Like, hmm. it it feels uh, feels shallow, and you already kind of get that sense in these two chapters. A lot it, of a lot of water euphemisms, and then go with the flow, shallow, unintentional. But guy. I kind of like it. I know. Good. Unintentional. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, quick summary of this chapter. Kavik is now part of the White Lotus. But I wouldn't say he's an official member of the White Lotus, which is interesting. I don't, I don't know his... He doesn't seem like... He seems like he's just there just to be there. Like He's almost at, on like a trial run. He's a gopher like, oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying his free trial for the White Lotus membership. But since he's yeah. not there, uh, he's not there of his own accord. It's like he got roped into a free child. It's like I bought a, I bought a phone, and now I gotta have this thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so his uh, handler or his mentor there <laughs> is uh, Ayu Ayu Narok. I assume she's a waterbender. I forgot if they made that clear or not, or even if she's a non-bender. But that's a very waterbendery name. I I interpreted her as a water bender, a water bender, and again, likewise, I don't remember if that was from evidence or if that was just my brain being like, "That's water tribe." Also, it sounds it might be. 
That sounds like the name of a Pokemon. Wild a uh, Unirock appeared. Yeah, I think she was. But essentially, oh no, they're just talking and whatever. Um, and then eventually in the chapter, like it, they kind of just do this little squabble. They go back and forth about kind of the White Lotus's place in the world, things like that. You know, Kavik isn't fully on board. Um, and then they find out that Yang Chin is like they okay. So they're they stumble in, upon Yang Chin. Basically. Yeah, they're they're at the northern water, uh, northern water, t- not temple, northern water tribe. Awesome. Um, they're the northern. Sorry, they're at the northern water tribe also, or Agna Kola, I think is what the capital is called, and. Yeah, they just stumbled on to Yang Chin. Like, someone's there. They're like, oh, we don't know where she went. Like, but her lemurs are here. And then Kavik ends up saving her somehow. Another part that I maybe had a little bit of trouble visualizing as I read it, but I got the gist. It definitely had some trouble with it. Um, actually, because it's one thing, there's trouble thinking about it because. It's such a weird thing. Like, the Fog of Lost Souls had a grip on Yang Chin. But Kavik was able to, like, bring her back. But then the spirit of Fog Souls also followed Yang Chin somewhat. And they sort of... It was like he's pulling guess, him through a off. door, kind of. It. Yeah. It it wasn't his best descriptive work uh, where, you know, we I feel like previously we raved about kind of his action scene descriptions. Go out on a limb and say this to this isn't to that level. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, yeah, that's that chapter. The next chapter is coming to the table. To sum it up, Ayu Narok and Yang Chen argue slash catch up. Uh, the White Lotus wants unanimity. That's all I put in it. Um, yeah, I got nothing on this one. This is still what I'm considering kind of the doldrums of like people just yeah. talking. Like, of course, who wouldn't want anonymity, first of all? And they're still just at the water tribe, like having politics talks at a place, kind of an unnamed place, um, that's supposed to feel secrety and arbitrary. And it didn't hold my attention that, that well. Not this chapter, at least. But I promise, listen, we're getting... So I know I'm being kind of negative, but we're getting somewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. Here, Yang Chen uh, like calls out and accuses Ani Rock in the White Lotus as a whole of, a, of the last time, of pretty much of the Platinum Accords. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess at this point, they kind of come to the conclusion that Kavik wait why was there two weeks earlier oh okay <laughs> I didn't even realize this time skip um they do a, a backdrop to where like Kavik and Anirag talks about him uh, serving as a spy for the avatar um uh, yeah so anyway they kind of agree to have uh Kavik serve as a spy, or 
it's, it's like they both know what's happening. Yeah, as I say, Spy like implies, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lack of knowledge. But yeah, he's a, a sort of a known devil agent from this point forward. Yeah. Ooh, mistaken identity. I think this is where the We're book picked there. up for me. Yeah. So, mistaken identity. Yang Chen and Kavik have to go to the Northern Air Temple. On the way there, she gets possessed by another avatar. Which, again, that's another part that I thought was going to play a bigger... Another thing that I thought was going to play a bigger role in the story than it actually ultimately does. Yeah, like, this isn't... It does, but it's like I, I thought there was going to be a big, like a big hook with it at some point. Like it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, a big That's fair. Um, not this bad. Like, <laughs> like I wanted a bigger payoff from this at some point. Yeah. And we talked about last time a lot. I went pretty much in depth about the uh, the avatar who. Dang, and they still didn't say his name. Uh, the avatar, avatar Gimli. Who uh, was almost ready to turn his back on the world. Might have turned his back on the world. We don't know. Yeah, we don't. The world is... <laughs> the world was going downhill. He might have noped out, and that's why we got the problems in it today. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Kavik does a nice job of, of playing his role and like kind of playing the role to talk her down sort of. And I think that's a cute little bonding moment between the two of them. Yeah, it is. I'm curious why. So like he, you know, Yang Shen was being possessed <laughs> by, by this uh, nameless avatar. This avatar who has lost his way, who lost his faith in humanity, and Kavik, like you said, does his does his role really well. And then when Ancient awakens, she's like, "Oh, what was I talking about?" And he's just like, "Ah, uh, you're just talking about you lost at some type of competition, and you were complaining about it." She's like, "Oh, well, can't be a gracious loser in every lifetime, I guess." I like he doesn't this- like. I think that's supposed to just make us care a little more about Kavik, or at least like, oh, he he does care about her. Like you're, like he's, he's shielding her from her own past lives that represents her own tormented feelings about humanity. Yeah, and it just to uh, try to get Kavik on on our good side, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the next chapter. Stomping Grounds. Uh, to sum it up, Yang Chen and Kavik get to the Northern Air Temple. And that, like, is this a short chapter? I'm flipping through now. It is. Oh my gosh. This is like three pages. I don't even know what they were talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this this is kind of a nice turning point, though. Like, it's around here that, like, finally, okay, something's happening. Um, so they get to the Air Temple, and uh, and Yang Chen essentially dumps Kavik off and, and, at kind of mm-hmm. an unknown locale, and he wonders... Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think it's a village kind of on... 
the border the of the Northern Air Temple, but like it's still part of the Northern Air Temple. But just so that they're not seen coming in together, and then yeah. uh, Kavik walks into uh, what is it, a bar or a restaurant? Yeah, because he's trying to lay low. <laughs> yeah, so he goes to a he, bar. He doesn't. And then inside of that bar, he he sees a bunch of his old friends who he betrayed. And one of them in particular, Jujinta, like at the end of the chapter, the last part here is that he jumped over the table and left at him with a knife blade first. So yeah, listen, this was laying low isn't working out for him so good. I did not realize just how much his betrayal affected them. Like Jujinta is like wouldn't feel a thing if he killed them. He'll be like, sorry, he would feel a thing. He would feel a great sense of satisfaction if yeah, he killed Havik. <laughs> uh, I didn't either. I'm with you. Like in reading, what we mean is when we were reading the previous book, when that betrayal happens, we did not maybe fully understand the gravity that this book absolutely wants it to have. So it's this more like when we're reading it in the last book, not not feeling the weight maybe as much as we were supposed to. But neither of us did, so you know maybe that could have been written better or something. Yeah, or at that point didn't. I mean, I got the sense that Eugenia felt betrayed. Less so. I, I don't know the other two. I'll just call them the Water Tribe couple because um, I can never remember the name. I think Akudarn and Tyagu something else and and flip back and find his name. I can't find the other one's name, but Tyagum. Yeah. Uh, this might sound like slightly um, oh, racist isn't, isn't the word I'm looking for. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I thought the names of Avatar and the shows are like still unique and very much of the cultures that they either create in the show or they or they get influenced by. The names in this one can sometimes just be like I don't remember that name. Like it, it maybe just harder because I'm not hearing the name. So. Uh, mine's there again. It's a visual thing. I'm gonna be better at remembering a name if I've got a visual with it. Uh, and so I've had mm, okay. I've had that issue in all of the books. Is it's much harder for me to separate names of important but not main characters. Hmm. Like, to this like, day, I, 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 I struggle with the Flying Opera Company names. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, um, Karima. Like, Karima is a very easy name to remember. Like, it's Karima, Wong, Gao, Lauga. That's it, right? Is that it? Oh, and, and oh, oh, gosh. And I'm missing... The, um, what's his name? The... Oh, my gosh. Le- Lek? Leak, 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 leak. Like, that's know, a that's a three worded that's a three letter name. Oh, I feel like just the names in the in the in the uh, Yang Chen novels are just a little harder for me to remember. I don't know why necessarily that is. <laughs> All these waterbender names are the same. Waterbender names, I do think, are the harder ones. <laughs> like even in my brain, I had to like think about the difference between Unalak and and Tarlock. Uh, maybe because they have a, a pretty similar look, mm-hmm. like long hair and yeah. stuff. 
Um, and I always in my head, I always trying to say all waterbenders look the same. Chris, is that what you? No, I'm just saying one has long hair, Sean. And granted, they all have no. They all look the same, and I can't remember their names. Uh, but Unalak, I always remember Unalak easily because Unalak to Unavatu, because you know, he's the Una part of Vatu, and that's for his uncle. And then Tarlock is just the other one. But huh, those names are like Noatok. I remember Noatok. That's pretty easy to remember. It could just be again a a uh, repetition familiarity. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I blame visuals for or lack of visuals for some of mine. But okay, not sure if that's um, psychologically accurate. Next chapter is called bro. "Dead Giveaway." And Dead Giveaway. <laughs> I feel like my phone screen turns off after like fifteen seconds. I might have to adjust that. Um, <laughs> dead giveaway on this is funny. <laughs> Uh, Team Avatar hates Kavik, especially Jujinta. Then, oh, I must. <laughs> oh, and I didn't. Okay. Uh, Team Avatar hates Kavik, especially Jujinta. Then shit hits the fan. <laughs> Chris, describe shit hitting the fan for us, shall you? <laughs> well, I don't curse often, but when things hit the fan, that's usually when you hear a big thing that sounds like thunder. And uh, that's not good, especially when it's not a cloudy day. Yep, yep. Uh, also, this chapter is uh, three pages long. Why? So, Why do that? Yeah, I don't know either. Why just wrap that into the previous chapter, man. Just put it in the previous one. It should have just went in the previous chapter. Yeah. Like, right, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it would have just went... It would have been fine. The they could have rolled into that, and then the the thunder part is a perfect end to a chapter. You're about to totally switch narrative. The, yeah, yeah. I don't. Listen, FC, if you are listening to this podcast, <laughs> we're not being mean to you personally, and we appreciate your work. We just have questions. Maybe it's like an editor. Maybe there's an editor that's like, you need at least thirty chapters for a book to be a real novel. Could be. Could do like a stupid yeah. unwritten like. You know, like how baseball sucks because it has lots of unwritten rules and things like it could be something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I always feel bad when we say these things because we're not avid readers. So That's avid true. reader opinions would be meaningful to me. Like, hey, if you want to comment down in the in the comments below and be like, well, hey, I like short chapters because, and then I'll be like, okay, good, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you like? Uh, but anyway, in there previously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're infighting you know they pretty much just say like hey calm down Ying Chen actually they don't even call Ying Chen they always the it's like because Kavik yeah they always Kavik calls her Ying Chen but the other ones call her the Avatar yeah. that's kind of an interesting difference between the two uh, they're like the Avatar it was brought him all along for a real for a good reason so like don't kill him yet. Yep. Uh, and then they hear a big loud noise that sounds like thunder, and you, the reader, pretty much know what it is right away. Uh, number, chapter, yes. Chapter 10 is called Gravity, and it turns out... Gravity! <laughs> My favorite Gravity song. My favorite song called Gravity is from... Um, 
the great Sarah Bareilles. I love her rendition of Gravity. Underappreciated for her for her work as a whole. I think so too. I love Sarah Bareilles. I don't know when I started listening to her or even why. I think through Pandora somehow, but I love listening to her music. Pandora more so than Paramore. Yeah, Pandora during the workday is responsible for a large chunk of my still very small musical knowledge. Yeah. Uh, something so this chapter starts by stepping backward, just just like a hair to Yang Chin uh, handing off I, I, I'm always scared to pronounce the the Sky Bison's name New Jan? New I think New New Jan? You know we said Janju so I'm going to say New John but that's that's just a guess In my head I wanted to make the J but that's more of a Spanish thing New Juan this is new one new win, uh, yeah. you know after old one died i had to get a different but, sky bison it's probably new Jin. like new Jin, like new Jin, new Jin, new Jin, or new Jin. i can live with that anyway. no listen you gave me chai c i can go with new Jin. okay and somebody <laughs> in the comments can tell us what it actually is <laughs> uh, um keep going so it steps back just to her uh giving Nujin to essentially a handler and then she hears the explosion so it steps back a little bit and then it gets to the explosion and then explosion happens um she sees let me see she sees the second blast and she can see one of the unanimity firebenders on the loose or she doesn't see it but she like divulges it immediately what else? What other parts happen in this exact chapter? Um, that's a rock slide. Different. One. I think that's. I think that happened in the duel, which she well, maybe she sees a couple different ones, but so she's just um, diagnosing. She hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. in this one, she sort of has to deal with the after effects of a of it, and so like. There's kind of this cliff mountainside that is about to come down onto a bunch of innocent people and kill them. And she has to hold it up. And she's like, while she's holding up, she's barely holding on. And she can't even go into the Avatar state because she's afraid. Because she's like, she's she's pretty exposed right now. And then she goes to the Avatar state and gets killed. No more Avatar. Uh, (laughs) That's just good pre-task planning on her part. Proud of her. Um, and then she asks, like, the people down there, like, hey, like, earthbenders, like, if, if if everyone can just help me pull this thing up, like, you can all get away. And then they all just run away. And this is one of those things that, like, continues to hit a yank chin of, like, uh, humanity is only looking out for themselves. Like, they all just stuck together and, and helped me lift this mountainside. They... They would they would have been at peace, but instead I think about themselves. Like the way they put it is like, um, how did they put it? Oh, so she's saying to them, "Help me!" She shouted again. Did the people of the village decide one by one or all at once? Did they look around for a leader? 
a first mover who gave them permission, or were they struck by the same inspiration simultaneously? Yang Chen had plenty of practice reading an audience, and she concluded they all made their choice at the exact same time. The little discrepancies were purely physical. The ones who could move their limbs faster did, and the rest weren't far behind. To a man and a woman, the townsfolk turned and fled. And it did say that she allowed herself to like understand. Um, and then she finds out that, like, oh, like, and, then, and to save her came the air nomads with their sky bisons to help uh, at least pull the cliff up for just a second. The Yang Chen could focus on uh, getting to the outdoor state and, uh, and, uh, holding the cliff or dis- dissipating it somehow. Um, at the end of the chapter here, if we're, I think it's roughly where you are, uh, when she's kind of on damage control at this point. And then this is when Kavik finds out that Hinchi has been imprisoned here the entire time. And, and she orders Hinch. She That's orders chapter 11. Is that 11? Yeah. What's the title of this chapter? Gravity. I'm still Gravity. 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 Yeah, I'm still. No, that's happening. Gravity. Does that happen? Gravity. I'm looking at it. Okay. Um, and she right. so okay, Kavik cool. figures it out, and then she orders Kavik and Jujenta to go to mass to, to go to Henshi and to watch Jujenta's back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and what I love about this is that like Kavik is mad that Jujenta is like. Like him and Yang Shen now have a relationship that would and it's a good one. Like Yang Shen trusts him. And also he's like respected amongst the people in the in the air in the air temple. And he almost like, I'm the one that introduced these two. Like and he's and like he was weird. He was like very okay with like killing people. <laughs> and stuff. Um but yeah, and, and like Jujinta like knows his way around. Like, and Jujinta gets an order from Yang Chen. He immediately does it. And like, and the people there are like, "Oh, Master Jujinta." He's like, "Kavi just hates Jujinta." Um, yeah, and that describes at the end of the chapter, like, like him pouting and and Yang Chen realizing, like, you know, him maybe potentially putting on a sort of act. And so yeah. there's like a lot of conflicting emotions being batted back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I enjoyed from seeing Yang Chen in her avatar state. So when she, when she uh, saves a rock slide, they talk about the avatar state and they said, it says each of her predecessors would have described the avatar state in their own unique way. Coming home to the welcoming arms of family, or ra- or rising above the treetops like a giant, becoming truly completely unfettered, or breaking free of stubborn chains. For Yang Chen, it was the gratification of seeing her will embodied without question. While the energies remained within her grip, she could shape the stuff of the world. Like. Yang Chen is like so. I I I wonder like what the avatar state feels like to the different avatars we know. Um, but to Yang Chen, just feels like finally something can go my way. I can have my way exactly how I want it because I have all this power. 
Um, that's a good question to ask. Like, uh, Aang and Korra being like drastically different. Like, Aang would probably just describe it as like being out of control, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, Korra, being terrified of like how much power he holds. Yeah. And Korra would just be like, it's a weapon, you know? I think Korra's will be. Korra's would have evolved because Korra, at the end of the series, she has a, a full relationship with Rava. Like, hers would have been like, uh, probably a little different. Probably more like, I have to. Hmm. She became a lot more resistant to using Alatar State. I think after she learned about it all. Um, it's it's weird. It her Alatar State changed. Her viewpoint on the Alatar State has changed dramatically throughout the show. Like at first, when she was able to do it, it was just like, "Ooh, cool, quick power up. That's all it is. Quick power up." And then it became a like a in season uh by the end of season two, it probably became a oh I'm connecting to to this inner spirit. And then season three, after she was traumatized, it was like a oh the crap, like I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of of her responsibility of this power, because last time I used this power, I was crippled and someone tried to kill me. And then eventually it goes back to like a all right, this is part of me. This is who I am. I figure that most avatars go through some type of stages with their acceptance of the power that comes with the avatar state. I would imagine so. Uh, the cycle probably looks different in its various stages, lasting various amounts of time. Like I'm sure Aang never sort of truly embraced using it, but yeah, this is this part is uh, from Yang Chen. I think it's probably the most like worrisome of her. Uh, frame of mind. While she's out on stage, she kind of thinks, "Look what I can do without them. Look how weak they are without me." Like that is like some god complex it's stuff. Fantastic. It makes me excited for Yang Chen. Like I want to be in her shoes. Just con- I forget how she said it. Like controlling the materials, the very materials of the world. Yeah, can shape the world. <clears throat> The stuff, yeah, shape the stuff of the world. It's funny he used the word stuff. Uh, okay, one thing about this book <laughs> that um, that that's which is why I find weird that he used stuff. One thing about this book is that sometimes he uses words that I have no idea what the heck they are. So then I go and I look them up. Like one time, it was like I forget what the word was, but let's just call it a uh, calical. So I was like, oh, what's the calical? And I look it up, oh, it's just like a, a jacket or a hoodie. Like, why didn't he just say, like, the long garment or the thick garment they were wearing? Like, why did you, like, you didn't have to just use the exact it's a coat. word yeah. from... It's a coat. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just a coat. Like, and then so to see him say, she could shape the stuff of the world. Stuff? Stuff. Who's, like, this, like use a different word besides stuff. She Make could it, shape making the... the world sound like an Oreo. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That... No, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good call out. If there's not a good reason to distinguish that it's not a coat, then just call it a coat. Yeah. I won't. Have you to... probably don't remember. And I forget where this was in a chapter way later. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to. I want to know. I want to be able to paint the picture in my head of what's happening. 
And then, like, sometimes it's important. Because sometimes he'll be like, oh, it's, it's this type of Dao sword. I think that's important to know the specific type of sword that someone has. Yeah, there could that, be there could be that, reasons that, like, if he's trying to paint a picture about the like the ethnicity or the culture of the person who's wearing yeah. the coat or whatever it is. But I don't. This one's just it was just like a coat like, with a hood on it. Like, it's a, a hoodie. hoodie. I, I know he's not gonna say a hoodie, but just would that be a little say bit hoodie? funny? Like that waterbender took his <laughs> girlfriend's hoodie. Uh, wait, no, other way around. He's never getting it back. Um, I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, well, I was saying, not to quash our creativity, but we're on minute 56. <laughs> Holy crap, Sean, we're on minute 56. I know it, man. Oh we have gosh. too many opinions on too many things. This is going by really fast. We have, we, we have too many thoughts. Oh, this where next, are we at here? This next chapter is called Second Option. And it's okay, chapter so, 11. Ujita and Kavik race to find Hinchi. But he did. That's what my notes. Yeah, that's <laughs> your notes were very colorful. <laughs> I really appreciated them. And it looks like Elon did it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that. Anyway, that's all I got to know. Really, is that it looks like some type of stabby thing went through him. <laughs> and there's like a puddle of water there, and. Kavik is just like, this looks like something my brother would do. And he's he's in good enough shape to go out this window that's like way high up and he can water bend down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was my brother. Tossed aside his melting weapon and hadn't bothered to try the scene of the crime properly. For all his talents and ingenuity, Kalyan sometimes liked to cut corners. Implying that he yeah. stabbed him with an icicle. Which is, you know, <laughs> Kind of, I, this that was good for that. I don't know why, but my brain wasn't expecting him to enter the scene at that time. So I appreciated, like, oh, that's a fun little, like, it got my mind back in like full, uh-huh. full blown action action movie mode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do three parts. Maybe we we'll do three parts. I don't know. <laughs> we could, <laughs> but I just <laughs> never mind. We'll keep going. Um. Holy crap! Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much the second. The second option. It's a short. Uh, topic. Chapter twelve: The duel. Yang Chen mistakenly thinks combustion bender Ying Su, who is the woman combustion bender, was causing trouble. But it was Thapa who killed the other unit unanimity member, and is trying to kill Ying Su. I'd like to quick record the duel. Oh, okay. Uh, Yang Chen. Ying Chen then finds out from. Uh, Ying Su, that unanimity was supposed to be used at a summit of the four nations. Ying Chen's then stuck between saving Air Nomad, Ming War, and saving Yang Su. <clears throat> yeah, I really like this chapter. This chapter felt like we're in a thick of it. Like, holy crap, things are happening. Makes like, you feel like you're in a little zone. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's some bishop bending going on. Yang Chen has to, like, quickly assess situations. And sometimes she wrongly assess the situation. Like she sees a big giant combustion bender lady wrapping onto a airbender nomad, and she thinks she's the one causing trouble. But comes to find out, like this uh, Ying Su character is the one who's like been trying to protect them and trying to like warn them off and stuff. Um, and she's talking a lot, talking way more than she talked to Yang Chen before. 
it it does a pretty good job of of putting you in Yang Chen's shoes of like the quick turnaround from I have to incapacitate this person to oh it turns out that's not the actual big bad here and the other the mm-hmm. other member of unanimity is already dead uh like it it keeps you on your keeps you on your toes turns very quickly and yeah. then I like the way that he puts uh, the scene where she's having to choose between the saving the air nomad and saving the fire the combustion bender. Yeah, or killing. I think they played in a way or killing uh, member of unanimity. But it was kind of like three things, like or you know. or yeah, like um, target Thoppa directly with something. Yeah, um, I do really love the report that these two build up very very quickly, but it was just so naturally done, um, and like they got to do it on the fly. There's a moment here where Yang Chen says, "Ironic, not long ago you were the one who got closest to killing me." <laughs> I imagine that Ying Su responds back kind of jokingly. If only I had succeeded, then I wouldn't be trapped here. Like, I wish I killed you. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, more, more to come on that relationship later. Later in the in the book. Yep. Um, or maybe not, Sean. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> So then we get to, so that was the duel. Uh, chapter 13, Mitigation. <clears throat> Yang Chen and Kavik have to save Ming Yuor from the blast he took from um, Thapa. Some village captain guy gets mad at Yang Chen for misplacing some valuables, and she bends him away. Once Ming Yuor is in the clear, she catches up with Team Avatar. She tells them that the other two unanimity members are dead. That includes Ying Su. And that Thapa got away, the final member of unanimity. Then she gets banished from the Northern Air Temple by Sonam. Then Kavik meets up with the White Lotus, and they really want Thapa. They reject Yang Chen's request to keep the world leaders from Taka for the summit. A lot of stuff happened in this chapter. This is a chapter. It's like, why didn't you split that up into a couple <laughs> pieces, man? This, what? Yeah, and how long is this, this chapter here? Is. Oh, that's funny. It's only like can't be seventeen pages somewhere around there. Uh, but relative to this book, 18? that's a long chapter. That doesn't sound like okay. a long chapter, yeah. but relative to this book, it is. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, seventeen pages. Yeah. Whole lot of stuff happens here. Um, the thing that I found interesting is that, like, first they do like they gotta save Ming Sor, like, and it takes everything. For them to save uh, Ming Sor. Like, Yang Chen has Corbett Kavik again. Kind of the way that they saved that lady in the last book. Um, and I ended up taking like, her full concentration to, to do this, and also uh, Kavik's full concentration. Peak. Oh, something that I like is that so while they're trying to save him, it says, like, Kavik tried to remember if he met the man during his first visit. Um, but the effort wasn't... But he couldn't remember. I said, this would be just as bad if he were a complete stranger. Yang Chen had once told him that a person didn't rise in the value simply because you knew their name. And that, I think, is a great piece of writing that has a lot to do with empathy and uh, caring about other people, even if they're strangers. 
Heather and I talk all the time about the like <laughs> loyalty over humanity thing, right? Like yeah. taking somebody's side because that's the person you know, or 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 I don't I don't know where I'm heading with this, but like like people who will choose family over good choices or or things like you know what I mean. Uh, we had that conversation quite a bit of how that's sort of frustrating. Yep. Um, and then once uh, they're able to say Ming War, once he is in the clear, um, oh, wait, no, there, yeah, there's a random guy who came by and was yelling at Yang Chin. Some kind of, about, I assume he's like an air temple of official, in quotes, like some, like he's a higher up. I think he is, though. I think, you know, they said he was from the village. Oh, okay. So he's not like, yeah, he's from the village on the outskirts. Um, <laughs> he's like, he was, he's like, I want to talk about something. You better have a plan that fits this. And then before he could finish, it says, Ying Chen clenched her fist. That was all the motion she needed. And an invisible hand of wind carried the village captain out the side doors of the hospital and hurled him screaming into the sky. And then she just says, made me lose count. Like, <laughs> Ying Chen gets so mad. Like, at this point in time, she's, like, trying to, like, I think she's, I forget what she's trying to do, but she's counting something as if almost counting like the person's pulse or something like that. I don't know what she's doing. She's doing something to save somebody's life, but she has to count to do it. And the village captain like was making her lose count, distracting her, and that pissed her off. That just clenched her fist, and the guy goes flying off. Um, that's, listen, she's prioritized, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, okay. The and then we get to. Uh, da, 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 da. So she tells them that Ying Sung was killed, and, and to me that makes sense because it was like, oh, you gotta save Ming War, Ming Yur, or you gotta save Jin Sung. The place Not Jin Sung. Yeah, Jin Sung. Yeah. Um, and then this is the part that thing hit me. And. The freaking feel. Well, it didn't hit me the feel. It just made me feel for Yang Chen. So, thing about Yang Chen that she's doing at the Northern Air Temple, she's holding prisoners there. She is, which is, goes completely against like Air Nomad philosophy. And she also has the Air Nomads being like uh, prison guards to these people, uh, which is not, which goes against them and it might ruin them spiritually. And then a person got out and started... A person was killed because he was a prisoner there. And actually, three people were killed. So, like, it all looks really, really bad. And and the monk comes up um, and, and, and he says, like, mean words, going to be okay. Uh, this monk named Sanam. And then Yang Chen goes, oh, we should go see him. And then Sanam raised his fingers. There's no need, Avatar. I have a quest for you. A matter of great urgency. At this point, I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? And then he goes on to say, and then it goes on to say, Kavik found the abbot's behavior to be a little abrupt, but Yang Chen seemed to know what the old man was on about. And then she goes, he can stay. Tradition dictates a witness. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So then he goes to say, <clears throat> Sister Yang Chen, the community of the Northern Air Temple desperately needs a boon only you can provide. 
After you Nets leave these sacred grounds, our existence depends on you returning with treasures of great importance. And the Yankee replies, Oh, Elder, I devote myself fully to this cause. What shall I retrieve from the four corners of the world? And he says, A blue panda lily, the shadow of a breeze, the sinews of a spirit. And so, side note, I didn't know what sinews was or sinews. I yeah, looked it up. I think that was a pretty good use. It's like a muscle or something. Um, so, oh, okay. I didn't mind him doing that because because this whole thing is kind of cryptic, and and so I kind of liked him using that that time. It fit the it fit the feel of what he was going for here. Yeah, yeah, better than stuff. Bring me the stuff of a spirit. That would have uh, been kind of <laughs> funny, honestly. Yeah. Bring me the sinews of a spirit, and most important of all, the material possession that will fill the emptiness that lies in every human being. And then Yang Chen responds, when you see me, Nets, you will see these jewels. So I swear. Thank you, Sister Yang Chen. Carry the love of, of your people with you always. It was like, holy crap. And then Kavik figures out, I was like, no, he can't. So Yang Chen, she's being asked to bring these impossible things to bring because before she comes back to the Northern Air Temple, because she is banished from the Northern Air Temple. And, uh, that must be some crazy stuff. I like a, it's a crazy situation. I love how I, I do love how this part was written, uh, including how Yang Chen handled it. It's almost as if she sort of knew it was coming, or like she was yeah. not at all surprised and she accepted it so gracefully. Um, which doesn't feel out of place because of kind of the turmoil and acceptance, like she brought up in the last book of like, hey, yeah, I'm keeping dangerous prisoners in an air temple. That's kind of borderline sacrilegious so uh it was it was a loop that i felt was let well written yeah i do too um also i just love how like air nomads their culture is so freaking interesting like i wish we could see more of it um it says it was so, uh the narration says it was a demonstration that airbenders were passive even in the wording of their punishments like it's it, it sounded so innocent to uh, from a certain perspective, but really it's just like you know you're banished. Yeah. By the way, Fire Nation banishes people. It's like <laughs> fire to the face. You're banished. Fire to the face and shave your hair. Yes, yeah, shave your hair. You're banished. And I'm just like, can you go? Can you pick me up a few things. Me, can, can you go find? The taste of the first time I tasted ice cream and and smelled it. Can you bring me that sense back? Okay, I will bring it back for you. All right, I don't let me see your face until I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very um, very neatly written. Yeah, and this does really upset Yang Chen. Like this is like, what well, this was her sister's like some of her favorite place with her sister and stuff. Um, it's a really special place for her, and like she built, she really built a community there, and now she won't really be able to to do that. But John, even it's a good uh, stopping point. I feel like I can. Some of the rest of the chapters can probably go a little faster, maybe. I think let's go through. Uh, I actually think let's go through fourteen and fifteen, and then let's cut it off there before we All get right. to um, what's the name of the next city. 
I can't think of the name of the next city. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of it when Taku? we get there, I guess. Taku. Taku. Yes, Taku. I think let's get through the next um, two chapters, and then we can cut it off, and then that's a good transition. Okay. Next chapter, Bad Company. Uh, Tapa meets up with Chasey, <laughs> and he wants to blackball her because he's like, the whole reason why he killed uh, the other members of Unanimity is because, well, the three of them are very rare, and only one of them is even more rare and even more valuable. He can get more money for it for himself. And so he goes to Chaisi, like, hey, like, here's the new deal. And I forget what the exact deal is, but it's a it's a big deal. Like, very good for him. Yeah, like five times and the original amount or something crazy like that. Yeah. Something uh, crazy like that. Something that's sh- ludicrous. That's a short chapter that makes sense. It's totally cut away. He's doing his little negotiating. It's like four pages long. You're like, okay, that's a short chapter that I get. And, oh, also you find out that, that he's hypnotized and that there's the complete implication that the others were hypnotized as well. Or... Yes. And it's funny. She did say, like, oh, it's actually... I don't know if she says it here. I think she does say it here. Like, good. Actually, I'm glad, like, of the three of you that you survived, because you were the easiest to manipulate. Yeah. And then he, she tells him to, like, cut into his arm with a knife or whatever. And he's just yeah. like, okay. Stab himself in the leg with a knife. Yeah. To Talladega but... himself in the thigh. Yeah. And he does it with no reaction. You're telling me I got trouble. two knives? Uh, let's get. Don't, don't you put that? Hey, give me that. I saw I saw something recently that said Christopher Nolan said that Talladega Nights was one of the funniest I saw the movies same ever. Thing and I hundred percent agree. I was like, oh, Thank nice. you, Christopher Nolan. Yes. I recently saw Oppenheimer, and uh, it is like probably one. Of the, it's probably one of the most like I say this in a good way, like snobbish. Like snobbish film people are going to love it. Because I'm, I'm probably one of those people. And I'm like, oh, man, just wait, no one directs. Like, I can feel the just the tenseness of this moment. Like, it's really zoning in here. But I'm not sure if, like, a lot of people love it. Like, I'm not going to recommend, like, hey, Dad, go watch this movie. Yeah. I, I'm i not going to because I don't really like Nolan films other than Batman. So I probably won't. Yeah. Have you seen the Prestige? I'm sure I've made you watch the you Prestige. You made me watch before. Prestige, and I liked it okay. well enough. But that's okay. Okay. Uh, what's it? like Interstellar? Isn't my jam? Was that Nolan? I love Interstellar. I, I Inception those, is great. I don't like Inception or Interstellar. I didn't care for either of those like big meta wow. meta theory experiences. They just don't do it for me. Mm. I don't know why. Okay. But okay. listen, I hope that you enjoyed. Oppenheimer. I am not going to watch. Also saw also saw Barbie recently, and that was that was also pretty good. I did not go to that either. I made Heather take one of our other mutual lady friends, so that I did not have to go. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I like the Ken parts better. Like, there's a point where Ken sings a song. I think it's available to watch, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is cinema." <laughs> Sometimes sure. I'll be in a movie and I'll be like, "This is cinema." I'm sure that I would have been okay with it, but I was, I was like, oh, why don't you go with one of your girlfriends? Yeah, it was like the Lego movie for... Yeah, um, it's a really somebody. good comp. Somebody, somebody, said, somebody said the Barbie movie 
It's like Black Panther for white women. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, get it. So I, I don't have a counterpoint to that. I think that's the that's it. He nailed it. Black Panther for white women. <laughs> oh, that's was like, look at me. I was like, white women are going crazy seeing Barbie. Like afterwards, they're like, hmm, maybe we should do something about the Supreme Court. Maybe we need an all women Supreme Court. <laughs> This is how you guys feel all the time. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all right. Oh, that's gosh, it. We're going to do, let's do the Oathbreaker. Okay. The Oathbreaker is chapter 15. Oath. And this Oath is where we, where we enter Taku, one of the other cities and the home of Zongdu, uh, Chasey. No, not Chasey. Uh, Iwashi. Pardon me. Yeah, Iwashi. Yeah. Uh, and Taku is where, like, they're going to have some all-nation summit at some point. So, Team Avatar goes to Taku. Team Avatar argues with each other, especially Juntita and Kavik. And that's all I wrote, really, in here. Because, to me, that's all that really happens. I don't know, maybe something else. Um, I don't... Not that I recall. I'm sitting skimming through pages really quick. <laughs> Juntita threatens Kaze that he will kill him. He says, I don't know who your new masters are or why the Altar accepts the situation, but if you betray her again, I'll kill you. If you hurt her or anyone else on the team, I'll kill you. This... If your death would further the Avatar's goals, I'll kill you. This... It can be scorched ass. It, it serves to, yes, build the tension. It's also a transitory chapter to the second half of the book where the first half was it kind of in Ben Ur and kind of in the Water Nation and kind of in uh, the the Air Temple. The second half is almost completely, uh, well, yeah, a good chunk of it in Taku. It's a, like I said, it's a very transitory chapter. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for for part one. Is that what do you think? Is that all right? Sounds absolutely great to me, Sean. Excellent. There you have it. The when isn't that song? Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Well, with that recreation, we don't even need an outro. Hey, come back next week, which, uh, you know, for us is, you know, two minutes from now, but for you is next week. And we will do part two when we will cover the rest of the book, as well as some, some light final thoughts that will probably be somewhat repetitive of things we said in the previous spoiler-free review. But, yeah, come back next time. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you. Leave, uh, Please give us any likes, comments, reviews, anything you can spare us. We appreciate it all. And I'll put the details down in the description, like always. My name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. This has been Avatar The Last Podcaster's totally spoilery, very thorough review of the legacy of Yang Jin. We'll see you next time. Man, when you said 50 minutes, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I mean, I look at my, look at, I have a clock, right?